Good afternoon, guys. It's Gunnar Renz here at Any Gunner Pod. Um, this is going to be episode number one. I wanted to start. I wanted to start the episode on a better note, but after yesterday's game, it's just I don't know how I can find it. But we had a great first half, and and basically what Crystal Palace did, they realised what we were doing, and they just pushed everyone up front and pinned us back, which. Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, you know yourself that that is not a position that we want to be in because we don't have the players to do it. But there was a few things that happened yesterday which sort of filled me with hope. But yet again, it seems to be only for 30 minutes, 35 minutes, and then everything changes. And I I mean, as much as as I appreciate Arteta coming out and saying that, you know, we were good for half an hour. I mean, this has been four games now that he's been in charge and the same thing has happened. We've been we've been good for half an hour and then all of a sudden we just get pinned back or we're bad for half an hour and then we we come up. It's like we don't it just seems like we don't have the fitness of the players to actually carry out to carry out what we're trying to do. But again, it's uh it's something that hopefully he is working on and by the looks of things it seems like he is making an effort to to do this but at the same time it's a bit difficult to sort of you know mount any any sort of not title challenge but any sort of fight um if you know if we don't have the the players phys- uh, physicality but like i said uh, there were some good good things yesterday and some bad things some uh, some things that pop up every every now and again. Um, it's happened a lot less now since Emery's left and with Arteta, he's tried his best to actually to implement the best solutions to the team. But, you know, it's four, five games in now. So more time is definitely required and I'm not just going to sit here and say, do you know what, Arteta should go because no, he shouldn't. Arteta should be there for the next three, four years, five years at least. If he carries on the way he's carrying on, I think, yeah, he'll be there for a long time. Again, we just want to see some. We want to see some. Uh, we wanted to see the effort. We wanted to see the the urgency. We wanted to see the determination from the players. Which again, they showed that in the first in the first half. Torreira linked up well with Jacka in the middle. Which again, maybe two months ago, that would have been unthinkable. Because you know, let's face it, Torreira probably wouldn't have been in the team. It would have been Jacka and Ganduzi. Um, so yeah, there was a great link up play. Torreira sort of you know made the midfield tick. He linked up well with Özil as well. And uh, and again, Özil didn't have his best game. I don't think. I think he probably shouldn't have started away at Palace um, because it just again it, it looks like the same old Özil every time we play away from home. He just seems like the same guy. Um, again, he definitely doesn't have the physicality against the Crystal Palace team, and especially at Sellers Park. So, so I think I think with Özil, I th- personally, I believe Arteta may have made a mistake by picking him in the first team. But then again, you can understand why he did it because you've got Obama Yang, Lacazette, and Pepe up front who you can spray balls to. Again, just quickly on that, I'm going to go back to Lacazette on here. But just a quick mention again, I think he he was probably one of the players who I think shouldn't have started the first eleven. Um, obviously, the more games he starts, the more confidence he's going to have. But at the same time, again, we need someone someone like Martinelli. He should have started. I've said this from time. Martinelli should have started the first half. Um, should have been involved in the team from the beginning and it would have made it a little bit easier on Aubameyang as well. He probably, do you know what, I know it's hindsight, it's a beautiful thing, but he probably wouldn't have been in that position to uh, to take out Max Meyer. Um, I will get back to that. I will come back to that again. It's not, um, that's something that I'm going to talk about later on. But yeah, um, quickly, welcome back to the pod. 
So, like I said, this is Any Gunner Pod. Uh, I am your host, Gunner Rents. I was going to have uh, a special guest on today, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and and uh, and have a chat with myself. <laughs> well, with you guys, of course. But, uh, but yeah, so first half, like I said, first 30 minutes, he started off well. We uh, we had a lot of drive behind us, and it was it was again it seemed promising. And I genuinely thought after the first goal went in, I genuinely thought that was going to be the end for Palace. Um, I thought we were just going to go in there with a few more goals, but unfortunately we didn't. Um, again, it's I go back to that physicality of the players. I don't think I don't think they have I don't think they're at that level just yet because it just seems like when Emery was in charge, it just didn't seem like he wanted to to train the players properly. He just wanted to field the eleven players and hopefully go out there and do the best. But at the same time, what Atat has done is he's realized that this is my you know, the front attack is going to be his strength. Midfield, holding midfielders and the defensive, they're going to be his weakest link. Now, what he's done is he's actually he's changed the midfield. He's uh Torreira's becoming more of a more of a prominent figure in the in the in that holding role, and to be fair, Jack had played quite well as well. Um, it wasn't after Torreira left uh, with injury in the first half. I think I think that's when our problem started because I again I'll go back to the Emery memory situation that I mentioned in the introduction pod. Um, so again, it, it's going to be a bit difficult for for the players to to come out of that and. As much as as much as I would like to have Jacker in the team, I just don't think he's the right fit for it. It doesn't have the fitness, and he's not looking forward when he when he takes the ball. He doesn't look forward, and that's why I think Torreira was his perfect partner because that's all Torreira was doing, just looking forward, trying to link up with Özil, trying to link up with Pepe on the right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't. With it, just seems like without Torreira, we're we're, we're going to have some problems. So. It's going to be a bit of an bit of an issue now that hopefully his injury is not going to be too bad. I can understand why they took him off because it looked like a head injury that he clashed with Pepe in his own box. But hopefully, um, so far, what I've read, I don't think uh, there hasn't been any major news out on Torreira. So I'm kind of hoping that he's going to be fine for, for our next game. Um, but yeah, as soon as he left, as soon as he left, it wasn't... Um, it just sort of everything started to fall apart and there was too many holes through the middle and through the through the defense as well now i can't i'm not going to sit here and say that our defenders did really bad because they didn't luis did really well again it was that lapse of concentration that led to the goal um and for me personally ayu's goal was probably made worse by jacka because the way that he went in it was it was similar mustafi situation that happened a couple of weeks back um so so that's why I don't think I don't think the defenders can really be blamed for that lapse of concentration from Luis. But again, what do we expect? We've seen this guy in action for the for the last what five six years in the Premier League. We can't really expect anything else. So, so yeah, I mean, he, I think he did well. I think he was one of the one of the sort of um, best players of the game, to be honest. When uh, throughout throughout it, uh, Luis. So Socrates did did all right as well. Nice link of play. Ainsley Maitland Niles was uh, was fantastic yet again on the right hand side. It didn't have the more it didn't have the more attacking role like Kalasinac did on the left hand side, but he still, you know, he did well against especially trying to hold Zaha. That was his job and he did that perfectly well. There was a couple of times where you saw Zaha's face, he just seemed like a child, like a spoiled child, like, oh, I want this, I wanted the ball. It's like, well. Fight for it, you know what I mean. And I'm—I'll be honest with you. Yesterday's game, it actually made me hate Zaha. So, just the way that he conducted himself on the pitch, 
I'm glad that we didn't buy him, I'll be honest, because of the age that he's at. The, obviously, I'm not going to go into the whole thing because it's already been discussed before, but no, I think uh, I think Ainsley, Ainsley Maitland-Niles did very well on that on that right-hand side. I think, um, obviously, without, again, just quickly, I don't think without Torreira's injury, I don't think we, we would have been... Um, I don't think I think we would have fought back a little bit more, and I think we probably could have would have got a second goal. I mean, we went down to ten men and we fought like we fought like warriors. We really did. Um, which again, it it's good, but it's not at the same time because you've gone down ten players and now you decide to play like that. However, if you had eleven players and played like that, then you know, could I, would I'd be sat here having a totally different conversation with you guys. Um, but again, it is what it is. It happened. It's uh, at, at the very least, it was only a draw. There was a couple of moments in the game, in, especially during the end of the second half, where I, I was really thinking, oh crap, here we go. We're going we're gonna to lose it here. Socrates had a fantastic clearance off the line. Um, everyone, the Palace players were shouting handball. It touched his shoulder. It, sorry, it didn't even touch Socrates' hand. It actually touched uh, Maitland-Niles' shoulder on the way when it bounced out. Um, and Pepe had that really great chance right at the end, which hit the post. Which again, it, it was it was that sort of game where where it, it was just it was going against us. Basically, we had so many chances, uh, we we missed so many chances, and that that's obviously that ultimately came back and uh, and bit us really. But just on the finishing side of things, um, with Lacazette again, the guy's got a great touch, he's got a great hold of play, but I just can't. It just that guy cannot buy a goal, and that's the problem. Because now Obama Yang's gone for three matches; he's banned for three matches, uh, which means we're going to miss him against Chelsea. I don't. I just can't see Lacazette picking up the pieces and you know trying to trying to score goals. I just really can't unless he drops into a Firmino role, and then you've got the likes of Pepe on one side and the Martinelli on the other side making the runs in. Which yesterday's game sort of kind of proved that Lacazette's role is in that in that false nine striker role where you know he can sort of drop deep, let the wingers do their job. Which I, I think it works. I think it should work like that because because we've got some fantastic wingers. We really do. Even when Aubameyang's out on the left, it makes no difference. He's still a great player. He's still very fast, very technically gifted, and he can just swoop in on his right, take that curl, and you know it. it, it that's what he does best. However. That being said, most of his goals have come from the centre, so I think he would be better utilised. And you know, this is one thing that's really that's really getting me about Ateta. Is like he's making the changes, but it seems like he's not making them at the right time, and he's not making the right changes because, yeah, Torreira is a whole different thing because he got injured. But like Özil, put Willock on or take Özil off a lot sooner. You know what I mean? And it's it it gets to a point where you think, well. You know how how are you expecting to win this or trying to win this if you're not gonna you know if you're not gonna if you're not gonna make the changes real quick so and that's the and that's the one thing that's the one problem that I'm sort of having with Arteta at the moment he's making the changes but it just seems like he's making them either too late or not the right changes again obviously we do have problems with our with our team so it is going to be. Um, it is going to be a bit difficult for him to make the right choices in uh, in in when when it comes to the substitutions. But apart from that, like I said, the first half we were great, and then second half we just got really pinned back, um, and that's all it takes really. Once a team pins us back, it's uh, that creates more pressure for the for the defenders. And like I said, we don't really have the best defenders in the world for them to handle that pressure. So um, it, it was it was a bit. I don't want to say shambolic because it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It's not like they were constantly hitting us on the on the counter, but there was times where we thought, you know, we can't really handle this pressure from uh, from Palace. Um, 
another good thing that came out of the game is that we didn't um, we minimised the amount of shots that the opposition had in our half. It was it was brilliant. And the, one of the best things that I saw yesterday was the fact that by the 17th or 16th or 17th minute, we had 117 passes, which, I mean, I can't even remember the last time Arsenal had that sort of passing ability throughout the whole 90 minutes, never mind within 16 to 17 minutes, which is good because it shows exactly what Arteta wants from him. He wants possession football and he wants people to fight for the ball once they're out of possession, which it's not too much to ask considering, you know, these guys are getting paid 100,000, 350,000. 90k a week, you know what I mean? It's it's something that they should be doing anyway. So, so yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, these guys, you know, they need to try a little bit harder when it comes to when when they're getting pressured. Um, playing out from the back, yes, every great team should be able to play out from the back, but sometimes I just, you know, I, the amount of times I had my head in my hands yesterday because they were playing from the back. Yet the pressure was just, you know, was non-stop from Palace. And I just feel like we just don't have the right players to do that sort of game. We we don't. Luis is good, but he's only good in space. Once he gets pressured, like yesterday, he had the ball in the box, trying to take a player on. And he, luckily, he kicked it out. He managed to clear the ball away. However, that was close. That would have been, that would have been a second goal for Palace. And that would have been the end. And Luis would have been the, would have been the culprit for it. But luckily, he cleared it away, and I, th- I, I think, despite the little mistake, little lapse of concentration that he had yesterday, I think uh, Luis played a really good game. It was really brilliant, especially again, nicely um, linking up with Kalasinac on the left and Socrates in the centre. So, backline wise, I think we did all right because they had that nice cover from Torreira. Um, and again, I'm not going to talk about this too much because it's been overdone. Uh, it's been done to death, basically. But Jacker, personally, I think it's time for him to go. I saw him yesterday. I think it's time for him to go. It's. He it seems like this. He seems that. It seems like he wants to agree with Arteta and his system, but it just can't. I don't think he's got the ability to to keep up with it. Gets tired really quick, and uh, we definitely need a replacement. This was obviously seen when when Torreira left and Genduzi came on. Um, yeah. That was that was shocking. I don't know what's happened to Guendouzi. He started off brilliantly, and I'm one of his biggest fans, or at least was one of his biggest fans. But the last three games that I've seen him play, it's just like this guy is so slow to move the ball. He he just it it seems like he's running in in some sort of like thick jelly or running underwater or something. It's like he's got big strides, but he's not going anywhere. And I don't understand this. Like you had so much potential, I don't understand how how you're not moving the ball forward or you're not defending well or you. And again, he's always looking for the foul. He'll get the ball, he'll back up, he'll back up players, he'll wait for the player to come in, and he'll draw the foul, which is fair enough. Fair enough if you you know if you want one, fair enough. But like not all the time. If you're winning, you don't need to do that. If you're losing, you don't need to do that. You don't need to draw the foul unless you you're in a great position where you can potentially get a penalty. But apart from that. No, stay on your feet. Again, you get paid enough to stay on your feet, make the pass, be quicker. If you can't handle it, tell the boss. Say, look, I can't handle this situation. The boss should be able to see it. And that's why he's not starting with Gendouzi anymore. He's starting with Jack and Torreira, which, again, has worked. Uh, we can say what we want about, again, like like I said about Jacker, but he ha- it has worked. He has played okay for us. Uh, better, A lot better than he played for when he was under Emery. So that was, I mean... That was some of the stuff that that I sort of caught from from yesterday's game. 
Um, like I said, typical no urgency in the second half. Very, very slow to, to challenges and winning the ball back, which again, this goes against what Ateta wants to play. He is a stu- or was a student under Pep Guardiola. And Guardiola's motto at Barcelona was, you lose the ball, you get it back within six seconds. And then our players are not doing that. And I'll always go back to the fact that um, they don't have that physicality just yet. So it is something that we can do. Um, now, there was, <laughs> there was a few things which really got me pissed off yesterday. And one of them was the fact that Jordan Ayew, that guy committed six or seven fouls and it was the most fouls for any player without getting booked in the Premier League. So he committed seven fouls, no booking. It's the most in this, uh, well, currently in the season. And I just could not believe my eyes how this guy never got booked. Not once, not even a yellow, not even a sniff at a yellow, not even a, you know, come here, Jordan, let me have a talk to you and, you know, sort of give him a warning. Nothing. He just walked away with it. And that really, 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 really made me mad because... Yes, just uh, obviously linking it to, to Obama Yang's incident. I just, it looked malicious. It looked a lot worse than it was. It looked a lot worse in slow motion. However, however, it, I don't, th- there was no intention behind it. There was no malicious intention behind it. Obama Yang was always looking for the ball. I can understand why the red card was given watch through VAR and in slow motion. I can totally understand because it just looked like the guy just snapped his ankle off. However, though, he stood up and he walked. He limped, but he walked as in, you know, he wasn't stretched off. Um, so I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it, it was a red card in my own opinion. Obviously, there is Arsenal fans out there and the majority of them I've read on Twitter and stuff like that, that they agree that it was a red. I personally don't think he deserved the red. I think he was unlucky to get the red. It was 100% yellow. That goes without saying 100% yellow. But I just don't think it was a red. Um, it's, I know, obviously, this won't really matter to the refs, but looking at a player like you know Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and, the, and how good of a player he actually is and the captain side of him as well, you know, I just don't think, I just don't think there was anything malicious behind it. And obviously, the guy, is, he's a great guy. He came out and apologised to Max Meyer and hoped that he, he, he was well. But more interestingly on that is that um, Peter Walton, who is, I think I think he's the head of IFAB or something like that, which is the referees um, committee or something along those lines, organization, whatever it is. Even, even he said that it wasn't enough for a red, you know. Again, you could see why VAR overturned it, but it wasn't enough for a red. You know, he was, look- like I said, he was looking for the ball and it was the foot extension like that millisecond extra extension that VAR saw and they obviously they, they thought it. but again I, I personally believe that he was unlucky to get that red card there will be people that disagree that's fine obviously this is my own opinion I don't think it was but it happened and obviously that really cost us the game so but again on top of that um, what what actually sort of you know what sort of cemented it and made it worse for me was the fact that the VAR official was actually Craig Parson and Craig Parson was the same guy who did not give Jorginho a second yellow when we played against him. When he pulled Genduzzi back in the middle of the of the pitch, he was already on a yellow. He hadn't been playing very well. He was making scrappy challenges. He still didn't get that red. And obviously, as a result, we lost that game. So it wasn't something that um, it wasn't something that it was really good to watch. And obviously, knowing that Craig Parson was the was the guy t- who was overseeing this, 
it's just you know I feel like the guy is absolutely incompetent in 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 his referee and, and he should be looked at a bit more closely as well because I can I can just see the next Arsenal game if Craig Parsons in in charge I can see hell all hell breaking loose if he gives if he gives the wrong uh, if he gives the wrong decision against Arsenal for example but like I said it was it was an interesting it was an in- interesting game to say the least um, we we had some again great spells. Which I'm happy about because now I I actually enjoy, I enjoy wanted to watch my team play. It's it's fantastic to watch them play now. But again, that always goes away within within half an hour of the game. Which it's too early yet to obviously make a complaint. But that's one thing that I'm guessing Arteta is working at and is looking at the fitness of his own players because you know we're at the top league, we're at the top level, sorry, and we're one of the best leagues in the world, if not the best league in the world, and it's the most demanding league in the world. So he needs to have the players, um, needs to have the players uh, to, to actually manage to finish a game, 90 minutes, stay strong, and you know sort of finish it um, convincingly. But this is obviously this is something that uh, actually I'll tell you what guys we're gonna, I'm going to take a quick break I'm going to be back with you very shortly so just uh, hold it for me You know it's uh whew just went downstairs and apparently I need to hit the gym a bit more because you know I'm out of breath which is not good because I'm 28 so that's not a good thing but <laughs> that's a problem for another day I'm not going to get into that um no I'm not going to I'm not going to continue for for much longer because I feel like some of the main points have been made and again it's just me talking so if if I had my guest or if I had my friend here then obviously we can have a better chat um however though there was a few things that I wanted to say that um really impressed me really with the uh with the team yesterday um obviously the first time that he kept the same team for for you know for for over a year so that was good the same team as we had against Man United uh which we did well so again I, I have no complaints there I really like that because he will that just means that he's got sort of um, he's got standards now, and he's got he's got the the same he's got the eleven that he that he trusts and that he wants, which uh, which Emery did not have. So, um, so the four two three one uh, really uh, really works. We do love them holding midfielders. I just feel like we need someone a little bit better than Jacker. Um, just if Torreira's ever ever out like he is now, and we saw what what problems that caused in the second half for us. So. Um, but one of the best things, or sorry, two best things that I really enjoyed, especially for Bernd Leno, because he's been brilliant for us. Um, it was the back-to-back clean sheets that we had going into the game. Um, it would have been even better to have that third clean sheet, but what can you do? It's uh, it's something that obviously um, for Bernd Leno would have been perfect because again, his confidence. It's it seems like it may be going down a little bit because of uh, because of a couple of mistakes that he made but again he's been a fantastic player for us so we can't really argue with that um but the best thing that i really liked and i didn't see much during the emery era or the end of Wenger era was the team huddle um i love the team huddle because it shows that everyone's fighting for each other everyone's working for each other so you know that's as a team we can't ask for it much more than that and it it sort of it gave me that confidence to say that you know what this is this is the team that can do it 
barring some players. But this is the team that can do it. This is the manager that can do it. And I feel like he's going to do great jobs, uh, great, a great thing um, in, the, in the upcoming weeks, months, and hopefully years. Um, and obviously... The last time we played Palace was the infamous the infamous Jacker um, fu to the fans, and obviously that means that he lost his captaincy. However, as as a fan base, we've reacted really well, and we will always accept Jacker no matter what. Um, because at the end of the day, he's he's done some jobs for us. If he wasn't there, we wouldn't have a stronger midfield. You know, we don't have anyone else to replace him. So, so it was a bit of a so yeah for, for Jacker. It's something you know that that we we do need to we need to we do need to replace. Um, for Aubameyang, it was his sixteenth goal in all competitions this season. It was fourteenth in the Premier League, um, and the guy just cannot stop scoring. However, I can't help but feel that if we had just a little bit harder work in midfield and more of a sort of forward pushing midfield, I feel like Aubameyang could be could be up in the twenties, no doubt at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I've pretty much covered all the all the sort of main bits that um, that I, I gathered from the game yesterday. Um, again, for me, what pissed me off was the Jordan Ayew um, lack of cards that he got, and the one time Obama Yang makes a foul, he gets red carded. Which I will always maintain that it was it was um, it's hard luck for him. So, so yeah, I mean. Uh, this is going to be the first official pod of any gunner pod. Um, if you do have any questions, drop them in some sort of comment box below. <laughs> if not, you can find me at Gunnerends on Twitter. So that's Rens at Gunnerends on Twitter. Um, Facebook and stuff like that. Um, I'm not really a user of Facebook. However, probably I will set that up later on. On Instagram, you can find me at Gunnerends on Instagram. Um, if you want to see some pictures, why not? I take some good pictures, you know. Got a nice camera. I've got two nice cameras actually, and I'll take some nice pictures. But um not of you. Not of you, obviously. <laughs> um but yeah, so you can find me on there if you, if there is any questions or if there is anything that you want to sort of that you didn't like of what I, about what I said in the in the pod, then please obviously do get in touch. Uh do get in touch with myself and I will try and make the uh, the upcoming pods a little bit better. If it's if it's the way I talk, I talk too fast. Just obviously drop comments, anything. I don't mind. Even if you want to tell me to go and f myself, I don't mind either. Just anything. Just all I care about is that you're listening. So <laughs> even if you don't like it, you're listening, and yeah. So all your opinions are valuable to me. And uh, for me, real quick, I'm gonna. So just to top it off, just to end it, I'm gonna say that uh, for me, Ainsley Maitland Niles was the man of the match. Uh, yesterday he was the only consistent player and he shut down Zaha as many times as much well as much as I can remember really throughout that game so yeah thank you so much for listening guys Um, I will be back with another pod again there will be sporadic there will not uh, I don't have any set dates for them yet just whenever I can get some free time, really, I will do a pod and I'll drop them. Uh, usually on Podbean, um, I am working on getting a logo. If there's anyone out there doing logos, um, send uh, send us a quick message. And uh, as soon as I get the logo, I've got the music at the beginning and at the end. So I just need the logo to upload them to Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. But yeah, this is the first official pod. So episode one, the previous one was the introduction pod. And um, and hopefully I will uh, I will speak to you guys again 
in the in the upcoming days. So thank you so much for listening. I have been Enzo at Gunnerends, and uh, this is any Gunner Pod. Any Gunners out there, you are not alone. So get in touch, and I will speak to you soon. Have a great remainder of the weekend. Or by the time this goes out, it won't be the weekend. Have a great week, and all the best to everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.